<laughs> then why don't you bring us back? <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Okay, so welcome back to part two of Cost of Goods Told. Uh, I'm Connor. I'm joined by Darren Lafferty and Terry Andrus, who is going to kind of take us through um, what it takes to, to do a cook-off team here. Um, why don't you, you know, give us a little bit of background, if you don't mind, and, you know, uh, tell us when you started. Okay, I uh, started back in 1987 when my old high school football coach convinced me to come in and uh, wash dishes for a cooking team. Uh, and so that many years ago, I worked my way through um, the barbecue cook-off, uh, ended up running one of the largest cooking teams out here, uh, and decided to start my own uh, about eight years ago. This is our eighth year. And uh, so we do this for charity. Uh, everybody that's on my cooking team is volunteers. So what's the name of your cooking team? Uh, 3S Cookers. Okay, all right. Uh, Where so, does that come from, if you don't mind me asking? All right, so the 3S was a brand given to me for my cattle uh, by my great-grandmother, which was her grandfather's brand. Oh, and cool. so the 3S means the third Simmons. <laughs> So uh, we've tried to make it something else like supporting student success, and, uh, but it just didn't really ring true. So the truth is it's an old cattle brand. Very cool. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So, uh, you know. So I started my own team eight years ago, uh, 3S Cookers again, and uh, we do this to raise money for charity. And so we give all of the net proceeds that we raise out here from sponsorships to the calf scramble committee and so over the last seven years we've given them nearly four hundred thousand dollars and for people unfamiliar with the calf scramble uh committee uh could you explain you know what what that committee does and and, and sure um so if you've never been to the rodeo this may be a little difficult to understand but if you've been to the houston livestock show and rodeo uh right before the entertainers come on they get all these calves and they turn them loose with all these kids and they chase them around they have to get a halter and put it on them. Uh, and if they bring them back into the square, they get a calf scramble certificate. And so with that, they're able to go to a breeder and buy either a heifer or a steer so that they can show and hopefully make it back to Houston and then make the sale. If they make the sale, they usually get quite a bit of money uh, and it helps them towards their education. So these kids, I think, start uh, 13 years old as a calf scrambler. Uh, and then uh, all the way up until they're 18 and so are 17 rather uh, and they're able to show these calves and we've had kids that have done really really well uh, with their calf scrambles and I can't say the lady's name because she asked me not to put it out there because she's real shy uh, but she was one of our first scramble kids and she called me and said look I really don't want to sell my heifer and I said, well, okay, that's kind of the point. You're supposed to sell this so you can get money. She goes, I, I think I can make money with it. And I told her, I said, why don't you put together a business plan and come see me? She goes, okay, but what's a business plan? <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked her and her parents to come by, and she wrote down exactly what she was going to do. Uh, they didn't have a whole lot of money. Uh, so we reached out to feed companies, and we reached out to breeders uh, to get her heifer bred. Uh, and they all did it for free. Uh, she started a very uh, lucrative little business in which she paid for her college education wow. and her sisters 
and they continue to give back by giving calves that they're raising off of this herd that they have now uh, to kids that can't afford it. So very nice, really good stories. That's come out of this. that's huge. That, yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, there, there's there's a a long history of this rodeo, and to see it grow to the point where it's now second and third generations are starting to benefit from those early those early. Um, you know forces and the you know the people who were here right in the beginning what's so impressive know? about you know your story also is that she thought outside the box in terms of well i know what the program is and i know i need to sell this but i think i have a better idea of how i can make more money right but even more impressive was you guys embraced it put it down on a piece of paper give us a business plan let's talk about it and successfully now she's been able to give back to not just take care of herself right right, right. she's giving back to the community and continues to give back so that's Good for you guys for, for recognizing it. While it's different, I think it's a really good plan. Well, that's the reason everybody out here volunteers their time because they know they're helping and they're giving back and helping a kid grow. Uh, once you get an animal like that, world changes for you. Uh, that's like having a baby. Yeah. You have to get up and feed it and water it and walk <laughs> it. And every day you have to work with that animal to be successful. So it teaches kids accountability. Uh, fiscal responsibility sure. because it's not an open checkbook for most of these kids. They gotta, you know, know how to get by on the cheap, if you will, uh, to raise this calf. And so, uh, what we're helping do is build better leaders for tomorrow. So, what I wanted to add to that though is that, you know, for most people who come to the cook-off, they think it's about a party. Right. They think it's about getting into a tent and having a good time, and it is. That's I mean, that's some of the activities that go on, but it's the fundraising behind that process the sponsorship you know why do they sell these tickets at the door to get into the tent what are they doing with the money so it's really impressive that you guys have chosen that direction uh and i don't know if they all do that but i'm i would applaud you for saying we're going to give a hundred percent of this back to charity that it belongs in so congratulations for that well, thank you thank Absolutely. you thank the team because these guys are uh not guys that have two weeks out of their life just give mm -hmm. away for free uh these guys work for a living and they take uh, some of them an entire two weeks uh, to come out here and do this. They get paid nothing. Uh, the, their reward is what they see with these calf scramble kids. And so we stay involved with the kids throughout the year. So they have to give us updates and send us stuff. And uh, it's interesting though, some of the kids, you know, send you a short update on how they're doing right. with their calf. And, and early on you find out which kids actually sit down and think about it and the other kids think they can throw something together and I'll send it back to them and say look you've got misspelled that's very cool words you've got all this stuff and I, I CC their ag teacher mm -hmm. and make sure that they get it and a lot of times I get back thank you <laughs> <laughs> less well, is better when it gets kicked back less is better yeah sure. well it's a it's a it's a true life lesson where it's like yeah. look you know you can't just get by by, by but doing they need that, that lesson they if need you don't it. get that lesson now no. some other adult's going to give it to you when you are an adult and right. it's not going to feel too good and it'll be it's different coming from a third party where it's not your teacher it's not your parent it's somebody that you're like hey look this is important to me yeah okay you know what he's 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 giving me a slap on the wrist like okay you know get get your act together so that's good sure. now it would be one thing to know if your team was like okay we'll do it one year but you got guys coming back year after year after year which is which is huge because that you think oh you know you just two weeks out of the year think about it you know like i i don't have two weeks just to give you know unless you know i've really shaved out some time for it so that's that's awesome that you've got you know great guys like that. And i've known most of these guys 20 plus years I don't know why they keep hanging out with me. <laughs> it must be the barbecue. Uh, it is. It, it was the drinks and the barbecue. You said something earlier 
about, you know, people think this is about the party. Well, that's a big component yeah. to it. And so uh, Joe Merka, who is our chief cook, and I have a deal. I don't tell him how to cook, and he doesn't tell me how to put on a party. <laughs> and so we, we worked really well together over the years doing that. But we try to make this exceptionally fun mm -hmm. uh, for all the people uh, that donated their money. Uh, first, give them great food right. uh, and give them a great party. Uh, you do that, and they want to keep coming back. And so we actually have outgrown our tent space here. <laughs> Uh, and we, we can't take in as much money as is offered to us. So last year, I think I turned away a little over $16,000 in donations because it would have been overcrowded in here. Wow. And that's no fun for anybody. Sure. Uh, and this year it was $20,000. Huh. So I'm begging you, barbecue committee, if you see it in your future to help us expand by at least <laughs> another 20 feet and I can take on that extra money and give it right back to the kids. There you go. That's awesome. That's a, that's a great request, number one. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to do, do some video, and I've been walking around and things like that. I don't think people understand the size that actually is inside these tents. From the outside looking in, you may not be able to, but you've got you know, the band, you know, the stage set up. You've got your cooking area. You've got a trailer back there as well. you kind of got a prep area. You've got a nice bar over here. You've got another bar over there. You know, it's, it's awesome. It's a great setup. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's obvious this isn't your first year. Uh, no. Uh, you know, learned a lot since 15. Right. <laughs> so uh, what's funny is in a lot of uh, events you have to put on, uh, you have to have team meetings and get people together and say, okay, you're responsible for this and you're responsible for this and I'm going to take care of this. And uh, inevitably something falls through the cracks. We don't have a team meeting. Really? We've been doing this so long. <laughs> everybody knows. I send out an email with a checklist and everybody goes, got it. And that's it. And we don't worry about it anymore, and it just happens. Uh, everybody has their own specialty in the things that they do, uh, and they bring it to the table. And uh, it's, it's amazing to me that you can coordinate something like this uh, and never have a meeting, just one email. Well, it's obvious you've, you've selected the right team members, number one, and you've built uh -huh. that team, and that team can almost speak to each other without having to open their mouths up, right? So they know who's gonna cover what, they know who's gonna take what responsibilities. That makes that so much easier for you. Yeah, it's so great it having great like. people. Yeah, absolutely. Right people on the bus. <laughs> so what have been kind of the um, the milestones that you think you've seen since that first one that you did up until now? Or, you know, either milestones with your team or milestones with the with the cook-off in general? Because we've talked to the we've talk, talked to the competitors, the guys who are competing on the cooking level, but on the production side or on the, you know, putting the tents together, putting everything, you know, all that stuff. What's been the biggest change or, you know, some of the cool things that have kind of come in? Well, eight years ago, uh, I got one space. It was 40 by 40. Okay. Uh, we now have three spaces, so as you can tell, it exponentially has grown. Uh, but I remember that that first year, in order for us to have both great food and have a great party, uh, we didn't have enough room. And so what we did is, after everybody ate, then we took all the stools and the tables and moved them all to the side and made a big dance floor. My stage, I stood up on top of two stools much to the chagrin of some of the ladies on the team, they were worried I was going to fall and break so my neck. Yeah, so, uh, but from that to a, a, a live band with five members, we've got uh, all kinds of Texas country artists just pop by. They love coming in here. Cool. Uh, we've had everybody from Bree Bagwell to Kevin Fowler to Jason Allen. Cool. I mean, it's just fun. Uh, and, and you'll see tonight, if you happen to come back, 
how many people are in here and how much fun they're having and the dance floor is packed and everybody's enjoying themselves and we don't just do country music we also have a guy that i've been affiliated with for 25 plus years uh he's a dj singer okay and he's the one that gets all the young people out on the stage and i don't, I don't i'm not on stage but on the dance floor i don't know the rap songs or the dance or all that stuff but he does okay and my kids are now old enough to where they come in here and they enjoy <laughs> it and they're like dad you should have reuben do a little more because <laughs> you know we're really not country guys so <laughs> um a lot of the teams when when you're walking around and so forth you know they they've got the security at the front door you know there's there's you know a lot of a lot not necessarily red tape but it's kind of it's kind of sectioned off and so forth but y'all have been really cool with letting us set up in here interrupt everybody you know it's it, it's a big production and i don't think i think people think oh you know they just put up the tents and they have a good cook-off and, and party or whatnot but i saw it yesterday you know that they've got to get food cooked how, how many people did you feed yesterday um 300 300 plates yeah and and tonight just let we'll me do over 400 take photos and set up and use this as as kind of base camp and things like that that's huge you know and i uh, first thank you so much for that and then two you know with with, with all of that you've got you've got your hands full each day yeah, with something different you know everything you have to orchestrate right, right? day and, in and day out you know, I wish I could tell you I was a conductor up on the podium and I've got the little white stick and everybody's following my move. <laughs> and that's not how it works. They know exactly what they're supposed to do. We have a pre-prepared menu. They know how many pans of brisket, how many pans of ribs, how much uh, potato salad, how many beans they're going to serve. They have all that. And so in the morning they get here and they start that production. Uh, and it's just like, it's it's a beautiful symphony without a conductor. That's correct. So it sounds like they, you have that number. Hey, we, let's prepare for 350. Right? Yeah, we'll prepare for tonight at least 400 uh, and, and maybe more. And so once we do the initial serve, uh, you know, people have sat down. A lot of people will come back for seconds, some even thirds. <laughs> I've seen the thirds come back through. But we leave it out and let them go through it. And, uh, you know, for the last two nights, I, I go by each table. And I, I ask the people, how is the food? I want to make sure everybody's yeah. taken care of. That's my job is to uh, <laughs> kiss babies and shake hands. And so, Just look pretty. You yeah, look pretty. Well, I wish I could look pretty. <laughs> I'm glad this is not on television right now. So I've got a face for radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I would, I'll, you know, between the eight years, right, huh? you, have a, you have data to support. And I hate to use that word, but oh, yeah. we, we know approximately how many people show up on Thursday. Then Friday, then Saturday. So you know, last night was Friday, 300. Tonight yeah. you'll prepare for 400, mm -hmm. um, and then when they're done. You're done. Yeah. And so what we do every year after cookoff is over, everybody takes notes. Some of us keep a little notebook handy and write it down as we're going along because as we get older, we forget things. So we write all this stuff down, and so then we come back next year when we're trying to make our order. You know, hey, we need this. Hey, we need that. The only thing that data is not accurate on at all is beer. <laughs> and I can't tell you, uh, you, you know, just triple the beer order every year. No, no, no. I mean, it's like, you know, one year it's going to be Miller light. Uh, then it's going to be Bud light and then it's going to be Coors light. And last year it was ultra. Hmm. We started out with 40 cases of ultra and I thought that'll be plenty. Uh, no, <laughs> we went back twice and I think we ended up with 120 cases of ultra and we got through all the beer, but you never know. One year, it's going to be something different. And if it's cold, our beer 
consumption yeah, goes way down that. and our whiskey goes through the roof. So, yeah. you know, your hard liquor. But uh, always the staples here are beer, vodka, and bourbon. So the first time that you kind of upgraded to the to the bigger space and so forth, was it every day running to the store to go get more stuff, you know, until you finally got it? Or No, you know, we had were... a pretty good idea. As I told you earlier, I'd been a part of a really large cooking team, and most of my members were a part of that team as well. Okay. So we... We have a really good idea about what it takes, you know, uh, serving size per anticipated attendee. So once you get that down, you're able to make your orders and get your stuff. And I don't think at any time we've ever run out of food where people really didn't get enough. Right. Uh, So, uh, you know, you err on the side of I'm going to put a little more out there and those guys that come back for second and thirds will take care of any overage. Right, 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 right. I was going to make a joke earlier, and I just can't let it go for some reason. So you, you had to increase the ultra amount of beer. Is that when skinny jeans were in? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I, I think it, they, they did some great marketing because I saw some big burly cowboys drinking ultra. <laughs> the goal is skinny jeans. No, no. It's not. <laughs> Don't we all want to be skinny, though, right? I mean, you know, well, I mean, look, well, I'm not you. I'm, you're in shape. Man, I'm, I'm not at the age now. I've just embraced what it, it is. What it is. Right? I'm <laughs> not, I didn't come here to drink ultra beer. <laughs> yeah, my doctor told me the other day. He said, "Son," he said, uh, uh, "You, your height doesn't support your weight." And I said, "Okay, what? How do we make me grow <laughs> up?" <laughs> All right, doctor, I love make it. me taller. <laughs> I don't believe in those charts. <laughs> um, so, so, but you, you send out the email and so forth and everything. Uh, you know, we've talked to some of the teams and. What is it you start on? What 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 day do you start? You know, I guess take you con- through take you through from if, if start to finish. Yeah, okay. if you don't mind. So uh, a week prior to cook off, uh, we have our food delivered out to my ranch, uh, and it's delivered on Wednesday. And so a day prior to that, people are in there going through all of our equipment to make sure everything's functional. It works. Everything else, we take the food order in. We season our briskets, and the next day, on Thursday, we start smoking briskets. And we'll smoke briskets all day, and during the day, we're seasoning ribs, getting them ready for the next day. And then once the ribs go on, then we pin chicken thighs and get them ready to go on the next day. Uh, On Sunday, uh, prior to the week of cook-off, we get everything loaded up, and if everything goes perfect, which it didn't this year, uh, it's not a hassle at all. We've got everything under refrigeration. We've got it according to health code. Uh, so we pre-cook everything that's served here except for sponsor night steaks uh, and uh, baby back ribs and our show meat. So uh, if everything goes correctly, we get all this stuff loaded in. Our cook trailer comes in on Sunday. Uh, our uh, false front, all the other stuff that we have to do, our refrigeration, all of that stuff, comes in on Wednesday because we're supposed to have power uh, by Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> I and, know the supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you plan for those contingencies. So we do yeah. have generators here in case something happens sure. with the power, and it did this year. Uh, and the people that provide power were really good. I mean, they within three hours, they had another generator unit out here, big one. That, and it wasn't just us. There were multiple teams that were affected. So, uh, But when we're out here on Wednesday, then we set everything up. Make it look really pretty inside, and I don't do any of that. It's all the ladies. They are just fantastic. They've got an eye for how to make this look like <laughs> something other than a white tent. 
Right. Uh, so as you can see around, we've got brown yeah, draperies and yeah. <laughs> orange and, you know, uh, so kind of the theme of the hunting. Uh, we've got antler chandeliers. And, I like it. It's really nice, uh, actually. Yeah. So uh, and then Thursday, uh, it's on. Uh, and we have our sponsor night, and they get out there. And this year they cooked 240 16-ounce ribeye steaks. Oh. Uh, and there weren't any leftovers. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they did layered potatoes and all of the great stuff. But, you know, that's the week. And so you go Thursday, Friday, and now here we are today on the final day. Uh, everybody's worn out. Yeah. I mean, because you start your morning out here about 630. Uh, and, you know, you're here till 11. So now we, the biggest party night of all uh, is when they come in tonight. And uh, then at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, all of this stuff will be coming down. We have to be out of here by noon this year because they're starting the rodeo on Monday. So all this is going to become uh, the regular parking for the rodeo. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they're going to hold us to it. I, I know that it's going to be incredibly uh, packed trying to get out of here. So we've got we're anticipating that. We've got our guys coming in at 5 a.m. to start tearing that down and loading it up on a trailer and praying to God that we can get it out of here before everybody else gets in because it becomes a parking lot. It's almost immovable trying to get it out of here. And uh, when we leave, we have a contest coordinator that comes by and makes sure that we haven't left nails or anything else on the floor. Everything's picked up. There's no trash and it's all gone. And uh, it's amazing the production. Now that takes coordination. I'm right. just one tent. There's what? four, five, six hundred teams out here. Right. Uh, so that's for everybody who's got to oh. be out of here. So imagine the logistics nightmare. Of, it's like going to a Texans game, but everybody, instead of driving a car, has big trailers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get out of the parking lot. And so then after Sunday, do you just hibernate for like a week, man? Like uh, No, we go back to our regular job. Oh, and, uh, so we take everything back Sunday to my ranch, and if it's wet which it is now, we're praying that Cheetah Johnson is telling us the truth that it's going to be pretty tomorrow, uh, that uh, if it's wet, we've got to take it all apart and let it dry, naturally dry, and then put it all back together and put it away. Uh, so we're praying, Cheetah, for really good weather tomorrow. <laughs> Shout out, Cheetah Johnson. <laughs> right, for those who don't know, it's uh, our local weather weather woman. You know, as you're talking about the breakdown, and this is the parking lot, I mean, I'm, I'm looking. I see parking spaces. Everywhere where there's a dance floor, right? But you don't recognize that. You don't see that when you walk into the and there's tents lined up, right? You've got three of them. Some people have less. Some people have more. But they are literally butted up together. And it, to tell you how close we are, I think somebody went over and talked to uh, our neighbors. Uh, they normally by this time you can feel the bass from their music. That's <laughs> it feels like it's punching you in the chest. So I'm very thankful to you guys for letting us do this podcast in here without uh, you know the undertones of a hip-hop party <laughs> well we're, we're thankful to have it because it's a really nice space you know it, it, it's huge it gives us plenty of space you've got all all the outlets and everything that we could we could need so thank you so much and thanks for having us for sure. yeah absolutely um is there anybody that you want to send a thank you to or a, a shout out to you know any of your sponsors any of your volunteers yeah anything? i mean uh one of the bigger sponsors that we have is cargill meats uh and they're the largest protein producer meat producer uh in the united states they're from up in minneapolis i think or minnesota minnesota uh, <laughs> but they are they're our largest sponsor by far uh they go above and beyond just uh, providing money to come yeah. in here and do this. Uh, they give our calf scramble kids. They also own Neutrina Feeds. 
So uh, they give them discount coupons for buying feed to help them with their feed. Uh, and they also look at these kids for uh, potential employment. Uh, those that don't necessarily want to go into college, uh, they're looking for quality people who know agriculture and want to go to work in that. And they also look at the ones that do go to college and they stay in touch and try to hire them to go work for them. So uh, they're providing uh, a lot more than just a check. And if, you know, you, you were talking about how you've actually had to turn away sponsorships for this party, but if somebody does want to get involved with the Calf Scramble or, you know, help that organization, is there another way that they can do that? Absolutely. The Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is constantly looking for volunteers. And if you just go to HoustonLivestockShowAndRodeo.com, I think that's what it is, you can find out more information there. Uh, if you want to find out more information about how to donate to us, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, 3S Cookers. Uh, I think we have a website, 3scookers.org. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to get involved, there's more than enough opportunity to get involved with the rodeo. There's every kind of volunteer organization from security to breeders, greeters to, you know, cutting horse committee. Whatever floats your boat with uh, rodeo, you can find a place to yeah, and they typically don't, you don't need a lot of experience, right, where they need volunteers. No, no. I mean, they'll they'll take people, as long as you're motivated and yep. ready to go and we'll do the work, they'll they'll let you volunteer. Liable transportation and get here. That's right. it. That's yeah. it. Not even that, man. I think you can get a bus over here. So here. <laughs> well, that's reliable. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for taking so much time with us and, and, and talking with us and, again, using this space and everything. You know, I, I know you've got your hands full and you're, well, Actually, before I let you go, I do want you to tell the story because, I, you know, with, with all this media that's going around, you know, for you to take time to sit down and talk to us, that means a lot, you know, because we're just getting started with the podcast. This is episode number two for us. Outstanding. You know, but, um, but you've been pulled aside for some other, uh, some other events, you know, for, for some other live segments and so forth. Why don't you... You mind telling the story about? No, no, you know? I, absolutely, I don't. Usually, okay. we get uh, a TV crew comes in here. This year, Telemundo came in. I wasn't much help to them because my Spanish is very bad. Uh, but thankfully, we have people that can speak Spanish. And then KHOU eleven, uh, which is our one of our top three uh, local news agencies here in Houston, uh, came in, shot a little segment right before I go and do all my announcements to talk for the. Uh, donors and say hey thank you for all this and here's what you're doing it for and here's how much money we've given away and we're about to serve food and so I shot this little segment and I thought you know I never have a drink until after I've made my announcements and uh, there's a reason for that uh, you don't want to say something inappropriate on a microphone that you can't take back it's hard to gobble those words back up so uh, immediately after doing this I, I think I've already done my news deal for the night run over and I get my first drink and I'm about halfway into it and they come back and say, hey, we want you, they like this segment so much, we want you to go live. And I go, like right now? And they go, no, no, at 10. Mind you, it's 6.30. <laughs> I haven't drank all day. Everybody else has been having a lot of fun. So I learned something. You look at a tent differently if you haven't had a cocktail and everybody else has. Uh, especially later so we did the segment and they they tried to make me line dance and uh, I, yeah I'm, I'm a dude I'm not a line dancer uh, it just I couldn't make it happen uh, and so it went live on TV and I was praying to God nobody saw that part the dancing 
uh, and my phone exploded. Uh, you, you know, my daughter goes, boy, you can't dance, Dad. So, well, thanks uh, for telling me what I already knew, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a dad. <laughs> Water's wet, by the way. That's what I do. That's what I do. I'm a dad. That's funny. That's a good story. That's great. So thank you again. You know, you guys for um, in. Th- this is absolutely wonderful. Um, is there anything else Cargill does for you? Oh, absolutely. In, in addition to providing the money, like I spoke about earlier, and, and giving kids discounts for the feed, they also have an envelope in which they provide uh, contact information for these kids, especially if they need uh, to get with somebody about nutrition for their animal. Okay. Uh, and so they, they're able to call directly to Cargill, and these people are there to help a kid out to say, well, here's what's happening with your animal. Here's what we suggest. Change to this type of feed, or you need to do this to your feed. That's an amazing uh, resource. Yeah, it's you know? unbelievable. And to take that much time and energy and resources yeah. you know, for a company, that's Well, they huge. don't just donate money, right? They give time and energy and, more importantly, knowledge. Which Expertise, is key, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And they're so committed to this. Um, on Thursday night, donor night, they bring in their entire executive team. I mean, this is a big corporation, uh, and they come sit in a tent with me uh, and all the rest of our team members, and, and then uh, this year they're busing in 80 people uh, they did last night and tonight. So they get that many wristbands because they give that much money, sure, right. uh, <laughs> but they're utilizing them, bringing their people and letting them see so that the next generation of folks at Cargill will understand what this is about and how it's helping their organization and helping kids. That's very cool. Well, cool. We're going to take a quick break, hear another uh, word from our sponsor, Duke's Premium Meats, and we'll be right back with uh, part three. Part three. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is your one-stop shop for premium quality meats delivered right to your doorstep. Delivering all over the United States, Duke's Premium Meats offers you the best in quality by personally working closely with local ranchers and butchers. Duke's Premium Meats offers everything from fillets and lobster tails to heart-shaped ribeyes, to Texas Ray's Wagyu brisket. Get amazing meat delivered right to your door by using Duke's Premium Meats. Visit their site at www.dukespremiummeats.com. <laughs> 